This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. From Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, we read this. When the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. We have just celebrated the birth of Jesus. And uh, how much do you really know about him and the events that surrounded his birth? Well, let's play as we begin a little game called Do You Know? And I'm sure you know most, if not all of these answers to the questions. And I'll ask a question. I'll have several questions and then uh, I'll give you the opportunity to think about that. I'll give you the answer though. And so let's try it out. First one, do you know where Jesus was born? In Bethlehem. Do you know where he grew up? In Nazareth of Galilee. Do you know how old he was when he began his ministry? Around 30 years old. Do you know how he died? He died by crucifixion. Do you know what day of the year we celebrate his birth? That's obvious. We just celebrated December 25th, Christmas Day. Do you know who were the first ones to visit the baby Jesus? They were the shepherds. Do you know what they did after they saw Jesus? Let me just read that for you. Luke 2, when they had seen him, shepherds, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. Well, do you know the name of Jesus' mother? Well, I just gave that to you. It's Mary. Do you know what the name Jesus means? It means Savior. Do you know how the birth of Jesus was foretold to Mary, how she knew about it? Well, the angel told her that the Holy Spirit would come upon her and she would give birth to a son who would be called the Son of God. And do you know what Mary's response to all of this was? Here's what she said. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Do you know why this happened at that time? And this brings us back to the verses we began with in Galatians 4. When the time had fully come, God sent his son born of a woman. Scripture, of course, tells us that God sent Jesus to this earth to die for our sins. For centuries, God's people had been looking for their Messiah to come. And God's timing was now, it was perfect. And though we might not understand the why of God's timing, as often is the case, we ask the question, why now or why not then? We do trust that his judgment and his plan is always right on. Jesus was human. He was born of a Jew. He was subject to God's law. And he fulfilled it perfectly, as Galatians said, born Jesus was born under the law. His perfect sacrifice was acceptable to God because he had never sinned. His death brought freedom for us who were enslaved to sin. And as a result, we are adopted into the family of God. As Galatians says, that we might receive full rights as sons. Do you know why we need to be saved? We are all infected by sin, of course. We're born with a sinful nature and sin separates us from God. Sin is what has us on a path of eternal destruction. Because of our sin, we deserve death. 
Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death. Now, while the physical consequence of sin is physical death, we all need to remember, too, that there is an eternal death, a separation from God forever because of sin. And because of that, the just penalty for sin is eternal. And so we need a savior. We need to be saved from eternal destruction and only God could pay that penalty. But God in his divine nature cannot die. So God had to become a human being, take upon himself our flesh, live among us, teach us. Many rejected him and his message and sought to kill him. And yet he willingly sacrificed himself for us, allowing himself to be crucified, to die upon a cross, to lay down his life. That was the purpose of his coming. Because Jesus was human, he could die. Because Jesus is and was God, his death had an eternal and infinite value to it. His death on the cross was perfect and a complete payment for your sin and my sin. Do you know what happened next after Jesus died? Well, we're told on the third day, Jesus rose from the dead. He took upon himself the consequences of our sin. He died and then he rose again. And his resurrection demonstrates that the death that he died was the perfect, sufficient sacrifice for you and for me. Yes, Jesus died, but he didn't remain in the grave. He rose again and he lives today, knowing all this, why Jesus came, why he died. Do you know what you need to do? Acts 16.31, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, among other verses that talk about Salvation comes by faith. God has already done the work for us. What you and I need to do is to receive by faith God's gift, just as he received that gift at Christmas. It's not earned, it's not deserved, it's not something you pay for. It's something you receive that God offers you and me, fully trusting in Jesus alone as the payment for our sin, believing in him, and you will not perish, but have everlasting life, as John 3.16 says. Sometimes that's difficult to comprehend and grab a hold of, that God loved us that much that he gave his one and only son. I'd like to share with you a story of a great love that a father had for his son. Perhaps you've heard this story before, but it bears repeating if you have heard it. It was told by a woman named Jenny Roth Rothlisberger. And it goes like this. Years ago, a wealthy father, along with his devoted son, shared a deep, deep passion for art. They traveled all over the world, collecting the finest art treasures they could find. Priceless works were uh, made uh, by them. Works by Picasso and Van Gogh and Monet and others that displayed uh, that were displayed at his estate. And the man's wife had passed away and he took pride in the son now who had become a very fine art collector. So as winter approached that year, the nation became involved in war and the son went off to serve his country. After a few weeks, the father received the word that his son was actually missing in action. He waited anxiously for word about his son, fearing that he would never see him again. But within days, his fears were confirmed. His son had indeed died in battle. 
as he rushed a fellow soldier of his to a medic for treatment. The man was distraught. Facing the upcoming Christmas season with great sadness, the joy of the season was lost for him. On Christmas morning, a knock at the door awakened the depressed old man, and as he slowly walked to answer that door, the masterpieces of art on the walls alongside him only served to remind him of his son who would not be coming home. Well, he opened the door, and he was greeted by a soldier with a large package in, in his hand. The soldier introduced himself. He said, I was a friend of your son. He said, I was the one that he was rescuing when he died. And I have something for you. And as, as they were talking together, the soldier told of how this man's son had, had told everyone about the, his own father's love of fine art. And the soldier said, to the man, I'm an artist myself. I want you to have this. And he pulled out his package. And as the old man unwrapped the package, it revealed a portrait of the man's son. He was overjoyed at the gift. And although the art world would never ever consider that to be a work of a genius, the painting featured the son's face in a striking detail. It moved the father to tears. He was overcome with emotion. And the man thanked the soldier, promising that he will would hang the picture above his fireplace. So as the soldier left, true to his word, the painting went above the fireplace, pushing aside paintings that were worth thousands, if not millions of dollars. And the old man, once he hung it up above on the fireplace, sat down in his chair and spent that Christmas day admiring the gift that he had been given, the portrait of his son. Well, during the days that followed, the man realized that even though his son was no longer with him, he would live on through the lives that his son had touched and saved, such as that soldier who gave him that gift. The father soon realized that his son had rescued dozens of other soldiers who had been wounded in battle before that bullet had stopped his own life. The old man grieved over his fallen son, yet his grief was eased as he heard the reports one after another of his, of his son's bravery and concern for his fellow soldiers. The painting of his son became his most prized possession, greater than all the other artwork that he had. He told his friends, he told his neighbors that the painting that he had received was the greatest gift that he'd ever received. Well, the following spring, the old man became ill and he died. He left behind priceless works of art that were envied all over the world. The art world was anticipating what would happen to that collection. With, the de with his death and his only son gone as well, those paintings would be sold at a public auction, according to the man's wishes. According to the, the will of the old man, all the works of art would be auctioned on Christmas Day, which was the one-year anniversary after he had received the painting from the soldier, a portrait of his beloved son. Well, that anticipated day arrived, that Christmas day, and the art collectors from all around the world had gathered there to bid on some of the world's finest art pieces. Many collectors' dreams would be fulfilled that day. Many would be able to claim after they had been there and purchased the painting that they now had the finest art collection in the world. And so the auction began, finally. 
And it began with a painting that wasn't listed on the auction catalog. It was a painting of the man's son. The auctioneer asked for an opening bid. The room was silent. Okay, the auctioneer said, who will open the bidding at $100? Silence. Then from the back of the room came, who cares about that picture? It's just a picture of his son. Let's get on to the good stuff. Voices echoed in agreement. Yes, let's get on with it. The auctioneer sternly said, no, we have to begin with this one first. Now then, who will take the son? Finally, a friend of the old man spoke up and he said, would you take $10 for that painting? That's all I have. I knew the boy, so I'd really like to have it. I will bid $10. The auctioneer said, fine. I have a bid at $10. Will anyone go higher? More silence. And finally, the auctioneer said, going once, going twice, sold. Cheers filled the room, of course. As some exclaimed, now we can get on to the real treasure. After the commotion died down and after getting their attention, the auctioneer looked at the audience and said, ladies and gentlemen, this auction is over. What? Stunned belief quieted the room. A voice demanded, what do you mean it's over? We didn't come here for a picture of some old guy's son. We came for all these fine paintings. Another responded, yes. What about all these paintings that are here? There are millions of dollars of artwork here. I demand you explain what's going on. Others agreed. We demand an explanation. The, auth the auctioneer replied finally, it's really quite simple actually. According to the will of the father, Whoever takes the sun gets it all. Isaiah the prophet prophesied about God's son. Who has believed our message? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took our infirmities and carried our sorrows. Yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. We all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way, but the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. Just like those art collectors discovered that Christmas day, the message is still the same. The love of a father, a father whose greatest joy came from his son, who went away and gave his life rescuing others from spiritual death. The reason for us being here is because the message of a savior who was pierced, beaten, mocked, spat upon, ridiculed, tortured, crucified for you and for me, taking our punishment upon himself and dying the death that we deserved in order that we might have forgiveness of sin and life everlasting. That's 
why Jesus came. It was the will of the Father that this would happen. That's cause for great celebration, don't you think? The gift of love that the Father gave us is beyond anything else we could ever hope for. And because of our Father's love, because of our Heavenly Father's love, whoever takes the Son gets it all. Back to one more question. Do you know how to take the Son? Simply ask Him in prayer. You may pray something like this if you've never prayed it before. God, I know that I'm a sinner. I ask for your forgiveness. I believe Jesus is my Savior. He died for my sins, was raised again to life. I want to trust him as my Savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. Oh, Lord, guide my life. Help me to do your will in Jesus' name. And if you've done that for the first time, welcome to the family of God. And when someone asks you this question, one last, do you know? Do you know Jesus? You can respond with joy and confidence and say, yes, I do. He is my Lord and my Savior. Shall we pray? Thank you, Lord Jesus, that, you, that we can know you by faith. Thank you for coming to us when we needed you the most. Your timing was perfect, for without you we are lost, separated from you. We praise you for your great love. Lead us, Lord, in your ways all the days of our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.